0: Or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 13. And you being dead in your sins... And the uncircumcision of your flesh, which he hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Then verse fifteen is my focal point for this message and lesson tonight. And having spoiled principalities and powers he may a show of them openly triumphing over them in it so tonight I want to talk to you about reversing the curse of control reversing the curse of control say that with me reversing the curse of control heavenly father we certainly need you right now let your spirit oh god permeate lord my mind lord jesus i pray for the leading of your spirit let me be sensitive to your voice today let us be sensitive god to the moving and wooing of your holy spirit today and we're gonna give you the praise in jesus mighty name amen let everybody say amen Amen. praise god reversing the curse of control God bless you. Be seated. Intimidation is a bully. Bully. And the devil is a master at using intimidation to bully us away from doing the things of God and away from fulfilling his purpose. Intimidation is used by people to exert control over others. Have you ever come in contact with those kind of folks that they use manipulation and intimidation to gain control over situation. They, it could be just a look, it could be words, it could be anything that someone does to render a person feeling like that they're a helpless victim to this uh, Im- imposing bully. It's a bully. Intimidation partners with fear. It is it is controlled by fear and manipulation. Intimidation and manipulation. Along with control are the key ingredients that the devil uses to strike fear and dread in the hearts of men and women. Luke twenty-one, twenty-five. Luke twenty-one, twenty-five. Jesus said, "These signs shall these these shall be signs in the sun and moon and in the stars and upon the earth. Distress of nation, with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring." Then notice this, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the power of heaven shall be shaken. It is is, men's hearts are failing them for fear. It's intimidation, it's fear. It's a pressure every day that you and I are facing in this pandemic and in this time where the devil is at hard at work to prevent the church from being the church. Fear and intimidation is a tyrant. It makes the devil look bigger than he is. It makes your problem look bigger than it is. It makes your situation look bigger than it is. The spirit of intimidation comes to make us feel small and insignificant and less than and as if there is no reason to move forward. Let me define for you the word intimidation. It means to make timid or fearful. Frightening, especially to to compel or to detour as if by threats. If you don't do this, I'm gonna do this. And if you act that way, I'm gonna come back at you. The use of threats or violence or force or restraint from some action. Today there are those that are going into people's businesses and destroying them and threatening them. If you if you don't do this, we're going to come and do that. Intimidation is a bully. It is a bully that wants to keep us from doing the right thing. We have to move forward in our message due to some technical difficulties, but I thought it was important to continue in this message because the meat of dealing with the curse of control is yet to come. So we join in with Genesis 1, 26, 27, and 28. The dominion that is here stated is over the resources that God has supplied. Look at this purpose blessing. Find it very exciting. Be fruitful. Multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. What's not found here? What is missing? There's no place in this promise to Adam and Eve where God said, control people have dominion over people have dominion over people yes god delegated divine authority to adam and eve God gave them authority over the resources of the earth. Animals were under their authority. Every living and moving thing on the earth was under their God-designed authority. And then came Satan in the form of a serpent. They had authority over the animal kingdom, did they not? He gave names to all of the animals. So Satan comes in the form of an animal and then begins to tempt them. What they should have done, what Eve should have done, was said, I'm going to operate in the authority that God has given to me. I have a dominion over you, serpent. I have a dominion over you, so get out of here. You don't belong here. But she didn't. Neither did her husband, Adam. And so instead of operating in what authority God had given to them, they decided to give in. I want to tell you, intimidation wants you to give in tonight. Intimidation wants you to give you in and say, I'm not able. I'm not qualified. I'm not talented enough. I'm. Go, ahead. Go ahead. You remember the story of the talents where the master left and he gave one five? And what did that guy, that servant do? He made five more. He gave the second man, what was it? Two? gave him two, and he made two more. Then the one cat that had one threw himself a pity party and went and buried his talent. And what does he say when the master comes back? He says, I was afraid. I was afraid. I looked over here, and my, my buddy, he's gaining a whole bunch. I looked over here, and my other buddy, he's gaining a whole bunch. And so all I got's one talent, poor little me. I think I'll just go bury it. What was happening is that he allowed intimidation to cause him to bury what he should have been reproducing there's some of you that are here tonight that there's a gifting inside of you and the devil has told you and told you and told you you can't, you're not important enough you don't have a position you don't have a title but you have the authority God said I'll give you the authority but here's the clincher Adam and Eve lost their authority when they stopped operating in their authority Amen Oh, God's given me power over serpents and scorpions Pins. Amen. And I can say that and quote that. But I've got to learn to operate in it. I've got to learn to look at intimidation in the eye and say, not today, bud. I'm not listening to you today. I'm going to talk to my co-worker about the Lord today. I'm going to live right today. Amen. When Adam and Eve sinned, the curse came in. You're aware of that. They surrendered their place of God-given authority to the enemy that came to destroy them. Everything changed. Satan tempted them. They yielded to that temptation. And subsequently, all changed around them. The consequences of breaking the only law of God were staggering. You see, God had given them all of the garden. God had given them all the trees. And God said, I want you to enjoy all of this, but this one rule. I've got just one rule. And our first family couldn't even do that. Don't you just want to punch them sometime? What were you thinking? What were you thinking? God wasn't pressing them. God wasn't... Being domineering toward them. I just got one rule. Genesis 3 and 7. And the eyes of them both were open. And they knew they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Then notice this. They heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, listen to this. I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid. Intimidation was in the garden. Fear was in the garden. When you relinquish your authority to be uh, in, in control of the enemy in your life amen you may not have one ounce of your situation change there may not be one sprig of change in your circumstance but there can be all kinds of change in your head you that's where you battle the enemy devil you're not going to rob me of my peace in this season you're not going to rob me of my joy in this season you're not what I have authority over you in the name of Jesus amen again you cannot you you cannot overcome what you tolerate in your life. So here I stand as a pastor of MPC and I say oh, you spirit of intimidation and manipulation. I'm not tolerating you and I'm not putting up with you. I'm going to make sure that my response is God. Let me walk with you in the cool of the day. Lord, let me have a relationship with you. Fear entered their mind. Then shame. Shame. They realized that they were naked. Innocence is gone. Death. The Lord said death. Spiritual death was immediate. Immediately they felt a separation from God. That's why they hid. Their relationship with the Lord had become damaged. And then they were removed from their place. They were kicked out of the place that God had created for them, all because of disobedience, all because of, let me just tell you, you can't play with God. Don't play around with God. If God says, this is what I want you to do, and this is how I want you to live, then I want you to follow it with all of your heart, because when disobedience comes, we surrender the authority to have dominion over the enemy of our soul. They were moved from their place. And then the the thing that is also staggering is that the nature of animals changed. Lions before the fall didn't devour other animals. Rattlesnakes didn't inject venom into their victims before the fall. Lambs had no fear of wolves before the fall. But earth was changed. The ground became cursed. Instead of working with man, the ground began to work against man. Amen. What used to be grown in harmony is now raised with hard labor. What used to be raised, is anybody here love blackberries? I love blackberries. When I was a boy in Texas, there was a man that was in our church that was an incredible blackberry grower. He would grow them, that they were huge. But I also remember when you go picking blackberries, uh, uh, the thorns are designed so they point inward. They don't hurt you when you go in. It's when you pull your hand back out. Why, God? I like my blackberries. I want to have some blackberries. and But yet to have any blackberries, I got to deal with the thorns. Why? Because of the curse. The curse is what brought all this in. Look at Genesis chapter 3 verse 17. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 17. And Adam said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and hast eaten of the fruit, or has eaten of the tree, of which I command thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for your sake in sorrow thou shalt eat of it all the days of thy life thorns and thistles shall it bring forth and thou shalt eat of the herb of the field in the sweat of thy face Shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground, and out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and dust shalt thou return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothe them. Watch the scene. They had never seen bloodshed before. They had never seen death before. And they watched as God kills and sacrifices a lamb for their clothing. For the very first time, they saw the shedding of blood. And no doubt one day, they saw a wolf devour a lamb as the red blood began to trickle down across the white wool i wonder what they felt i wonder what they felt what did they think when they saw their very first tornado when they saw their very first rainstorm i wonder what they felt the very first time they coughed and a cold got them they got sick at their stomach that wasn't the case before the fall all of a sudden now, they had to, had to deal with things. How did they deal with, with, with their first famine? When did they come to hate snakes? Oh, my. Y'all know I hate snakes. Life on earth was transformed by a single act of disobedience by Adam and Eve. The thing about disobedience is that you can do that one thing but you can't tell how far the consequences go. So it goes from the eating of the fruit that was forbidden to their firstborn son murdering their other son. Come on, you're not that far from Eden. I know it may have been 100 years or however long it was because, oh, oh, how long did Adam live? Forever. He was close to 900 years. Somewhere in there? I don't know. Come on, Bible scholars, help me out. He lived for a long time. By today's standards, it wasn't a long, 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 long time. (laughs) And so here they're dealing with all these issues of change. And right in the middle of it is the curse about control. Because one concept that they probably did not think would happen, is that sin would usher in the battle for control. Can I tell you that control, again, is not how God operates. Adam and Eve were given free will. God gave them the whole world to enjoy. Amen. God gave them the choice. God is not a dominator. Amen. God is not a denominator. The New Testament church, we are called to be spirit-led. Somebody say amen. Amen. Look with me at the very, uh, a very hard passage of Scripture. Open your book and your Bible to Genesis 3.16. So, he's cursed the snake. We've already read later on, he curses Adam and the ground and the earth, all the animals. Then he said unto the woman, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. Aren't you glad for the blessing of the child once the child gets here? Because uh-huh. I've talked to mothers. And they've told me I have no way of knowing what that pain is like. God bless you all. Y'all are champions in my book. But the blessing is found in the children, but the sorrow is in the labor and the childbirth. He said, in sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. Then this line to me is one that stood out for years, and I've kind of skirted teaching on it, preaching about it, simply because I didn't really understand it. There was different ways that people talk about this verse and commentators that talk about this verse, but look at this verse. Genesis three sixteen, the last line, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. I watch as men folk go, yeah, cha-ching, Where's my megaphone? But what I've come to realize is that we are introduced to the curse of control. Think about this. I talked about what was before the flood. Before before the fall, rather. Before the fall, Adam and Eve had harmony complete in their home all the time. They got along all the time. Everything was in unity. Everything was in order. Everything, now there was still, Adam still had his functional authority. So Eve had her functional authority. And so all of a sudden after the fall, there came something with sin and disobedience. And that is the craving for control. And God says a woman will want to control. Her desire is for control. And her husband's desire will be for rulership. Hold on. I told you this is not an easy one. I haven't got one amen yet. (laughs) But I want to show you that control is not a woman issue. Control is not a man issue. Control is a human issue. When we all battle with it. Neither do I want intimidation to come and and take from me, but neither do I want to operate with intimidation and control. One of the worst things that a pastor could ever do is try to control and manipulate his church. So dangerous. So dangerous. Our control to manipulate his his wife and his family. I had uh, sister Gill and I. We we were very young when we uh, evangelized and we went to this one place, and uh, uh, this this pastor was rather uh, controlling, dogmatic, controlling, hardliner. His wife was a precious lady, and she had to be to live with him. He was sitting in his recliner. And had a table next to his recliner, like this this table right here, had, had had the phone sitting right there. And he's in his recliner with his feet up, and it starts ringing. And he says, I don't know, he didn't call her honey, I called her mom or something, you know. But he said, come get the phone. I I hadn't been married very long, and so I didn't know, you know, if I'm doing everything just right. And I'm thinking that ain't right. <laughs> Something wrong with that. It's about control and manipulation. If you don't do this, then I'm gonna do this. If you don't do this, if you don't act this way, then I'm gonna. I'm telling you, we can't afford to allow that spirit to get in us to where we're exerting manipulation to get our way, especially in the family. In the family. Let me read from some other translation of this verse uh, 3 and 16. Uh, And just just the part of of that last phrase. Uh, the The New Living Translation says, You will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. The New English Translation says, You will want to control your husband, but he will dominate you. The ESV says of that same things your desire shall be contrary to your husband but he shall rule over you Many people view this passage through the lens of century of human history Let's let's pull the debris back just for a minute through the historical uh, uh, clashes between men and women. And let's look and see what is God trying to say here in this. Let's look at through the verse. Let's look at this verse not just through the lens of this one moment with with what is being said, but also through the lens of the New Testament family and how God teaches us in the New Testament the theology of family and his plan for authority. And, And you will see that God never intended for there to be dictatorship and manipulation and control but read and study God's plan for authority was that authority should be righteous and relationship driven. It should not be about control and having your way. If you're working with your spouse right now and you're wanting to manipulate them to have your way, watch it my friend. Go back to an altar and pray and say oh God let us walk in harmony. Let us walk in unity. Let us walk together here's the concept authority and righteousness our authority and headship brother works in righteousness it means whatever's being done is that God gets the glory of it God gets the honor, in it and it pleases Him. Righteousness. Let me say to every leader here at MPC, every person that walks in authority here at MPC, Amen. Let us lead with righteousness and not manipulation. Let us lead with righteousness and not manipulation. Let us lead because of relationship, Amen. But yes, there is authority, and yes, God gave the the, the husband the authority in the home to be the head of the home. But look at 2 Corinthians 11. It's as long as he is submitted to Christ. The idea here is to contrast the woman's desire with the husband's rule. It speaks of the, the challenge in embracing harmony. Do you always get along with your husband and wife in your relationship? Praise the Lord! Is everybody, you know, is there any rubs at all in your homes? If you were smart right now, you'd snuggle up to her. <laughs> is there, is there any, is, is, is there ever any kind of issues or rubs with a relationship with your children? Mm. <laughs> Love y'all. It goes back to the curse for control. I want my way. I got to have my way. And I don't care if I run over you to get it. Somebody say amen. And then say oh me. When uh, When a wife rejects God's plan for righteous alignment and true submission, her curse becomes control. Let me say that again. When a wife rejects God's plan for righteous alignment and true submission, her curse becomes the fight for control. It's the same spirit that Jezebel operates in. Huh. That's not only true in husband wife relationships, it's in any relationship leadership, and relationship. When a husband refuses to be submitted to the authority and headship of Jesus Christ, he is open to the spirit of intimidation to get his way in relationship. He becomes an open channel for the spirit of Jezebel to work in. I want to tell you, though, God has a plan. God has a plan. Somebody say, God has a plan. The spirit of intimidation became a bully to Adam and Eve. And... Control became the whole objective to the point that when when uh, Cain could not get his way, he controlled the narrative by killing his brother. I've watched in church is that if Sister So and So is doing something, and Sister Other So and So says, "I don't like that Sister So is doing that," so I'm going to go over here and I'm going to mess that up so it's not a success. I'm going to make sure that I sabotage it. I'm make sure I just won't show up if that's the way it is. What are we saying? If it's not done my way. That's the spirit of intimidation that can work through us. But I want to tell you, we're breaking that today. We're breaking that over the next few days until every child of God is flowing, amen, in the Holy Ghost and freedom of God's righteousness. Yes, yes, yes. Now, again, before the fall, Adam and Eve had a harmonious marriage, but sin came in and destroyed that. Uh, You know, they, they used to have this saying, two cats hanging over a clothesline with their tails tied together are unified, but they're sure not in harmony. You can have a marriage, you can have a relationship, and you can be just like those cats. Somebody put a stop to it. How do you put a stop to it? By taking authority over the spirit that brings control. Intimidation, manipulation. Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way. Ho ho ho. Praise God. Praise God. Y- y'all okay? Can I keep going? Will you give me five? I'll take five. If you give me five, that gives me ten. If somebody give me ten more, I'll take a few minutes more. Let, let me just let me. Here's the heart of the matter. Adam and Eve came under the spell of domination when they failed to use God's given authority to righteously take care of the devil in their life. Amen. I challenge you go home. I've counseled with people. I had a a person somewhere where I pastored some time ago in the history of my ministry that said in my office and said, We're having problems with this demon, having a problem with that demon, we're having problems. And I said, Why don't you get that stuff out of your house? And that demon will follow it. Brother Patrick, they didn't do that. They didn't do that. And so what happened is a few weeks later, oh, pastor, will you pray for us? We're having a problem with that devil and that devil and in this situation. And I asked him, said, did you get rid of that stuff? Uh, No, we didn't want to uh, offend anybody. I want to tell you, on the other hand, I pastor some places, some people, somewhere, sometime that come to me with the same thing. Call me on the phone. Pastor, I found this. What I do with it? Get rid of it. And they said, yes, sir. I'll take care of it. Amen. You should not date with the devil. You should not allow intimidation to come if it comes and brings you fear and, and it comes and brings you dead, uh, d- or, or dread and sorrow. Amen. If there's not peace in your home, you ought to know the reason why. It. May be a trial or a test, of, but you can still stand up and say, "I have authority over serpents and scorpions." I may not have a dime, but I've got authority. Yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. Thank you, Jesus. Adam lost it; Jesus brought it back. Adam lost authority; he surrendered it. Jesus, the second Adam, the Bible calls him, came and restored it. Isaiah nine six good Christmas story verse, but it still rings true for unto us a child is born unto us a son is given and the government somebody say the subduing shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called wonderful counselor of the mighty God the everlasting father and the prince of peace listen to this of the increase of his government his authority and peace there shall be no end take that devil the Lord has promised me through Jesus Christ that I could be zealous about peace in my home because it said that his government and his peace there will be no end that's nine o'clock in the morning that's ten o'clock at night that's three a.m. in the morning when the devil comes and wakes me up you cannot get rid of what you tolerate and how do you take authority by talking directly get out you don't belong here this is not your place get out of here devil Jesus came to reinstitute the authority in the kingdom of God that Adam surrendered. He came to revive the spirit of man through the power of the blood and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. He came to reinstate the administrative authority and power back to mankind so he would have a church. And that's what he said, amen, I give unto you authority. Somebody say hallelujah. Matter of fact, let me jump down to Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Acts 1 and 8. Somebody get it. Come on, read. Get it, get it. Get it. Get, get, open your Bible. Get it for me. Acts 1 and 8. I know it's on the screen. That's great. But I want somebody to get it. Somebody's just loving to read right now. Somebody would love to read a verse. Praise God. Hallelujah. Come on, Brother Daniel. Hop up here. Man, I'm glad to see you. Come up here. Come up here with me. Praise God. I love this brother. He's got one of the greatest voices Come on up here, come on, come on, come on. Hallelujah, in your voice. (laughs) In your voice. Hallelujah, I want you to read Acts 1 and 8. But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Now, I want you to read that like you just kicked the devil in the teeth and ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and into Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth see That's what he's given to us. Thank you, Brother Daniel. Praise God. Hallelujah. He's given to us authority and power in Matthew 16. In Matthew 16 and 19, that scripture is often taken out of context. Because in context, it means what God has already spoken and what God has already declared. You'll have to look at the Greek uh, uh, rendering of the the active or uh, uh, the verb and how it reads. But listen to this verse. Matthew 16, 19. and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven that means what he has already paid for and what he has already given and what he has already charged the church with I have right to say in the name of Jesus I bind you serpent in the name of Jesus I bind you scorpion in the name of Jesus I bind you i you, intimidator. In the name of Jesus, I bind you, fear. He came to give us power so that we can operate with faith over fear, gifts over intimidation, obedience over manipulation, and true liberty without control. Can I get back to something that's a hobby horse and a pet peeve of mine? I know of ministers that I've dealt with through the years that would say things like this. Bless God, if you don't obey me, you're going straight to hell. Not knowing that he had stepped into the spirit of control. God doesn't operate that way. You hear me? God does not operate that way. God is not about control and manipulation. He's about obedience and willfully saying, I do that willfully. I would much rather the child of God not always understand, but just simply say, I do it willingly, than me put down a law and say, bless God, if you don't do this, uh, uh, you can't do that. And This this is just the nature that has happened in Pentecost. Uh, Amen. But I want the power of God and authority of God to flow through this concept. Uh, I must be spirit led. I must be spirit led. I must be sensitive to God. I must be sensitive to God in 2020. I must be sensitive to God in this church. I must be sensitive to God as a man and a husband because I want to reverse the curse of control. Jesus said, All power, all power is given to me in heaven and earth. Matthew 28. 18 and then he says in verse 19 go ye therefore what is he saying i've got all the power you need to do what god has called you to do somebody ought to shout I don't have to walk in defeat. I don't have to walk in despair. Man, we got to get back in our sanctuary. I need room to run right now. I need a place to shout. Is there anybody want to shout with me? Amen. Because you just know that God's given you the victory over being intimidated and manipulated and told you that you're less than and that you can't and that you won't and that you will never. Amen. I want to tell you, devil, greater is he that is in me than you. Greater than my intimidation. Greater than my manipulation. Reversing the curse, and I'm going to get to this in one of the messages coming up. Reversing the curse of control requires three revelations that you need. Number one is your place. You have a place. Adam and Eve had a place, they lost it, but they had a place. <laughs> There is a place for the child of God. There is a place for the child of God. The psalmist said, My foot standeth in an even place. He also said, Psalm 91.1, He that dwelleth in the secret place. There's a place. When Jesus came, the Bible declares us that he is set in heavenly places. In Ephesians, just a few verses later, it says that we sit with him in heavenly places. There is a place of safety in With him. There is a place of peace and supply. Amen. If you want to overcome intimidation, realize you got a place. I belong. Somebody say that. I belong. Devil, get away from me. I belong. You can fight intimidation, manipulation, and control when you realize I have a place, and that is with Christ. Somebody say, with Christ. Secondly, I have a position. I have a position. Not only do I have a place, but I have a status and a position. I'm a child of God. I wear his name. And now I am in Christ. Not only do I have a place with Christ, but I have a position in Christ. The devil can't get me when I am in Christ. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will and it shall be. What? What? What do you need? I need to know. I got a place, but I also have a position in that place where I am protected in Christ. Thirdly, I need a revelation of power is that I have authority under Christ. So I have a place with Christ. I have a position in Christ and I have power under Christ. Someone said, you can't stand in spiritual authority if you're not under spiritual authority. The writer of Psalms says, the blessing The unity, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the oil that flows on Aaron from his head. Somebody say his head. Amen. If there's going to be revival in this church, it's going to start with people who are in leadership. It may not be a position. It may be a lead intercessor that nobody knows about. But somebody that is in authority with God. Amen. It's going to start there that it is like the anointing that flows down there stand with me please the curse for control is rampant in our world today it is not mask but it manifests itself in the conflict of mask because people want control it's not politics but it manifests itself in politics because people want control I don't know about you, but you watch the news and some of the junk that's out there? There's reasoning that's just going out the window. Let me give you one example. Evidently, somebody started a fire and went all over California, and they want to hold them accountable and make them pay. But protesters, you go break all the windows you want to. You can destroy all, all the, the buildings that you want to. And that's that's quite all right. Somebody say, Huh? But notice, it's about control, spiritual dominion. And if we don't take it now in our hearts, amen, the enemy is going to keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing. We're not fighting against protesters. Please don't get me wrong. But it's the spirit of control that is manifested in society. That is God's people who has a place, a position, and a power that can say victory over intimidation. Victory over control of the devil in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody thank God for freedom right now. Freedom in Christ. I'm free in Christ. Hallelujah. Is there anybody in this house that's going to take The dominion that God has already given to you. You already have been given authority. And if you don't exercise in it, you'll you'll miss the opportunity and the devil will take advantage of that. It's time to pick up uh, the authority of the name again. Pick up the authority and say, In Jesus' name. Pick up the blood again. I plead the blood. Jesus uh, over my home and over my car. I plead the blood of Jesus over my family, over my finances. I plead the blood of Jesus over my mind. Right here, right now, I take authority and dominion in the name of Jesus. I bind what you have already bound, dear God. I loose what you have already loosed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. God bless you tonight. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, You can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.